the Bible. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. We are looking at the beginning of the change that took place in Jesus' ministry. If you if you were to go through and follow the ministry of Christ from from uh, the from his baptism uh, to, and his temptation in the wilderness uh, to the very first miracle and every miracle following, you would find something. Jesus didn't do it for the for the recognition. He any time that he healed somebody, uh, he, what did he always tell them? Shh! Don't tell anybody about this. God's appointed time came to place, and listen, he has been ramping up to this point for the last little bit here. Last week we talked about uh, uh, the the anointing of his feet and and how how Mary had anointed his feet uh, with with uh, the, that uh, the spike nard and, and and anointed his body for the burial is what he had said. Just prior to that, what did he do? He performed a miracle that brought all kinds of people in. He, he rose Lazarus from the grave. If, if a dead man that you knew, had known and, and you knew was dead, you were there at his funeral, and he had come back to life, don't you think you might come back to see him? In fact, when Mary anointed Jesus' head and his feet with the, that, that ointment, it says that there were, there were hundreds of people there just because of Lazarus. Jesus didn't send him away. He didn't tell him to be quiet because it was the very next day that he walks into town. Now, Jesus had walked into town many times. He didn't do it to fanfare. He didn't do it. He didn't say, go ahead and, 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 and get a party together. And he, he had never done that before, but today was different. It, it was, he, he was going to mark the beginning of something uh, that had never taken place before. It was a different time in his ministry. It was the fullness of time. It was God's time. Listen, the, the, the Pharisees, they wanted to kill him, but they didn't want to kill him during Passover week because they, thought, they figured that that would bring too much attention to it. But Jesus had to die during Passover week because he was a picture of the Passover lamb. The lamb had to die at Passover for the forgiveness of sins. And listen, he wasn't doing it to, as a repetition, as to just be one of those sacrifices that was going on and would continue on. He was the final sacrifice, the one that would, it would never have to be taken place again. So he had to die. And so when he came into town and he revealed himself as king to the people here, listen, the Pharisees saw it, and it initiated something in them. Yes, they wanted to kill him, but now they had to kill him. They had, to, they had to stop him because the people were flocking to him. So it was a different time. It was the fullness of time, and it was a different trip into town. This, uh, he didn't walk in anonymously, hiding with his disciples. He goes in as a ruler. Look at Matthew chapter 21. Verse, we're going to read verse 1 down through. I'm actually going to read down to verse 17. But... Uh, and then we're going to pray and ask God to, to help us as we look at this last, at the beginning of the end of Christ's ministry here on earth. Verse 1 says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. 
And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. And this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughters of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put, the, put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. But we have made it a den of thieves. But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were sore displeased. And said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have ye never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done. Lord, I thank you that we can see you here, Father. You revealed yourself uh, finally in, the, in, in Scripture as the King. Lord, your word tells us from the beginning to the end. It describes that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. From Genesis to Revelations, Lord, we know that you, that you are God and that, that, that this was always your plan. But Lord, I, 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 I praise you for what we're going to see and learn here today. And God, I pray that you're glorified in all of it. Help us now, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I want you to see here, at first, the Lord's commission. Now remember, Jesus has walked into town many different times, and many different towns. Uh, he never went in with a procession. It was, it was him and his disciples. Uh, there, there, there wasn't a, 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 a large group of people. There was just a few people. And they were trying to go in undercover. Because again, Jesus did not, before this time, Jesus did not want the attention, did not want to draw attention unto himself. Uh, in fact, when, the, when the, the times he cast out demons, uh, the demons would, would acknowledge him and he would make the demons be quiet so that, uh, so that, that nobody knew who he really was. So here he's he, he's coming into town, but remember what has just happened. He uh, he is just just recently uh, has uh, he's coming out of Bethany, Bethphage. It's, it's the area where Lazarus and Mary and they all live, and it's the area where they just had the party where all those people were, all these people who had come to see the man who, who had uh, who, who had uh, uh, raised Lazarus from the dead, and uh, they they had a desire to see more. They wanted to see something. They 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 they're excited about what he what he is doing, and and here he's coming in to into Jerusalem, and he and he sends out a commission. He sends his two disciples uh, into town to pick out uh, to pick out uh, the, an ass, the colt of an ass. We see that there in verse two. It says, saying unto them, Go ye into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and the colt with her loose. 
No, what's what's so important about that? Well, one he sent he sent them there for a specific reason. We'll get to it in a minute. But it's to fulfill prophecy. See, in Christ, all of the, the, throughout throughout the Bible, there are multiple prophecies. I have a list here of forty-four different prophecies that Christ fulfilled in his life, or in his birth, his life, and his death. And, and they would just point to, to one man, and, and and that man is Christ Jesus. And it wasn't that he that he was similar to the one. In fact, others had come before. There have been others that came in the name of the Lord that they, 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 that uh, they had been raised up armies and tried to fight against Rome and and they died and they were killed they were arrested and and those riots those uprisings would be squashed down but this was different Jesus wasn't coming in as a warrior in fact he was coming in in peace to, to, to Jerusalem but he sends out these men he gave them a commission he says go and and, and get this cold as that Zechariah nine nine is the prophecy where where it says that he'll be coming in uh, riding on 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 the colt of an ass one that was unbroken that had never been ridden before he was fulfilling prophecy because it wasn't what he wanted it wasn't what uh, the people wanted it was all about what God wanted the God the Father. Now, just like he gave a commission to the people, can I can I tell you this? He's also given us a, a commission. If you're a child of God, God has given you a commission to go and to get somebody that God can use. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, that doesn't mean that you're to preach the gospel to the animals. They don't they don't need the gospel. But you're to, you're to preach it to every every human being there is regardless of skin color regardless of race regardless of uh, background regardless of, of class we don't they, they say we don't live in a class society but we do uh, regardless of, of what clique they're in regardless of what, what they do for a child regardless of who they once were who they now are none of those things matters we're to share the gospel with everybody and my goodness God has told us to go See, well, those two disciples, they're not even named. No, they're not. Because I don't think it matters who they were. You know, God can use any one of us. He, he doesn't need the, to, to use us because of our ability or our power. You know what he needs? He needs us to be obedient. He needs us to say, you are the master of my life. You are my Lord. Yes, sir. Whatever you say, I'll do it. See, the people... I want to mix up messages, and I don't want to do that because I really, I'm really excited about the other message. The, the people wanted a king, but they didn't want the king that Jesus was going to be. And the truth is, we have a lot of Christians that say they want a king, but they don't want the king that Jesus is. He gave them the commission. He gave him a, a, a searching pursuit. He said, go and look and listen. And they're out there saying, I don't know who, you're, who I'm supposed to talk to. I saw this this morning. A, a friend of mine, Gary, uh, I won't say his name. I'll say his first name. Uh, Gary is a friend of mine. He posted a, 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 a GoFundMe page for a man in the community where he lives. Um, it's a man I never met, but I know Gary because he used to work with him. Nice, really nice guy. This man came over to his house to help him with some plumbing uh, about three weeks ago. He, uh, he came over and helped him figure things out. And while he was there, the man says, do you believe in God? 
Now, I know Gary. I don't believe Gary is saved. Gary said, well, I, I, I try to pray every night. I think I have a good relationship with God. And in this post, Gary went on to say how, how this man shared a few things from, with the, from the Bible. And said, do you have a Bible? And could you, is this something that you'd be interested in? And Gary said, no, I, no, I, I, I don't have one. The next day, this man showed up at Gary's house with a Bible. The next day, that man had a stroke. The GoFundMe page was for him to help the family pay for. Now, it's not about the GoFundMe page, and I'm not going to give any names out because I'm not trying to raise money for that. The whole purpose is God sent that man. In the middle of helping a, 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 somebody, a neighbor, a friend, a, a somebody in the community, or helping him with his plumbing, Share the gospel. That's what God's called us to do. He says, go. Many times I say, God, you just have to send somebody else. It's just not me. You don't have to go with a, a prepared list of verses. You don't have to go with, uh, with, with, uh, with, with everything memorized. You don't have to go with this sales task tactic. Listen, this sales tactic doesn't work. It gets a quick conversion, not a quick conversion, it gets a quick prayer. You know what that quick prayer is? It's to get you out of their house. This was a, a, a man who, who, who went in with a heart to see, to see somebody saved, and out of that heart was able to be a witness to him. So much so that it affected him. This was his post. How much he appreciated what that man had done. You see, the, the Lord's commission... Ascending push there in chapter, uh, chapter 21, verse, verse 2, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you. Can I say this? Not only did they he send them out to search, and listen, they're everywhere. There's also a sure promise in that, that you will find somebody. You will find somebody. You can't throw a rock outside without, without throwing it in the direction of somebody that needs to hear the gospel. Say, but we live in America. Everybody's heard the gospel. And everybody needs to hear the gospel. Just because somebody has heard the gospel doesn't mean that they're saved. Paul said some, some plant the seed and some water the seed and others bring forth the increase. It's not the first time you hear the gospel that most people get saved. Uh, many times, the second, the third, fourth, in my case, it was like the, the, I don't know, I was 15 and I grew up in church and I heard, the, I went to Christian school, so I heard the gospel all the time. Uh, listen, it's, it's when the Spirit works in the heart, but God works through the word that's been sown and the, 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 the cultivating that's, that's taken place as, as someone who loves them and cares for them, ministers to their soul. There will be a, there is a sure promise. He says, he says there in verse twenty-two, verse two, ye shall find. Now remember, he's he's sending them to find the this 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 donkey, this this ass uh, for them to ride on. And I want you to understand, well, it's not like the mule-sized donkeys that we see today. Uh, uh, that's the picture that, that many people have. You didn't ride this donkey like a like a horse. It was a beast of burden. 
It had never been trained to. It had never been trained to for for to have a man sit on its back. It was trained to, just to carry a heavy load where you would you would place bags of grain or other things upon it. But instead, Jesus Jesus rode upon that donkey. If, if you think about it, think about one of those small little burrows with a man sitting upon it, almost having to hold his feet up so they're not dragged. Listen, this wasn't something where he looked regal and looked looks uh, where he had fanfare and trumpets blowing. But this was something where as he's going down in the I was looking, and it, I, you need to picture what what took place as they come down the Mount of Olivet. It's not a straight road down, but if you're standing on the top of the Mount of Olivet and you're looking at, I believe it's the Eastern Gate. Don't don't. I'm not sure about the name of the gate, but if you're looking at the gate where Jesus entered, if you could throw a rock that far, it really it isn't that far as the crow flies, but you have to go down. And then you have to go back up. And so as you went down, it was this, this long, winding pathway. So for, for it is, it's about a mile long is the, the path that gets, goes down and comes back up. And so they're, they're hearing this multitude of people crying out, Hosanna! Hosanna! For who knows how long it takes, uh, 20, 30 minutes? The crowd goes bigger. People begin to hear that it's, it's causing this great commotion. And they're looking out and they're seeing this crowd, but they're seeing somebody who's head and shoulders above everybody else because he's riding on the donkey. Everybody's focused on him. And listen, the whole purpose of this was for folks to begin to focusing on, focus on Jesus Christ. We see the Lord's commission. We secondly we see the, the, the uh, liberating con conversion. Notice it says in verse 2, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. Now, you'll find this, this uh, same account uh, with different, different uh, information in each one of the accounts in each of the Gospels. In three of the different Gospels, it says that they would find that colt uh, of an ass tied at, a, at an intersection, a place where two ways meet. When I say liberating conversion, they were sent to untie a tied colt. Now, uh, there, there was nothing special about that colt. It wasn't, uh, there wasn't about its ability or its regalness or its beauty. It, it was just there. But can I tell you, before we, we, we get into talking about what God was going to do for that, or God was going to use that cult to do, there was a point in time when you were bound by your trespasses and sins. You were, you, you were tied in your life. Uh, you, you, you had nowhere to go. You were at a crossroads, and you had to make a decision. I don't know about you, that, that took place in my life when I was 15 years old. I, I heard the gospel. I knew the gospel. I, I, I could tell more people about. I could tell you more about the gospel than most people because I, I went to church every every Sunday and every Wednesday, and I, I went to Bible or I went to a Christian school. I, I could I could I could quote it to you. But one day when I was 15, God spoke to my heart, and I understood that it wasn't just verses to memorize, but the gospel was for me. That I was a sinner, and I needed to be saved. And I had a choice to make at that point. I could choose to reject the king of my life, or I could choose to follow the king. Listen, they liberated that, that cult and, and, and its mother. And they, 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 they had two ways where it could go. Listen, which way did you go? It could have run off. I just never had anybody ride it before. Instead, they brought it to Christ. 
It's our job to bring others to Christ, that they might, God might use them. And listen, I don't expect God to use me in any greater way than, than, than he wills and he allows, but I pray that God uses some of you, that, that, that God might use me to, to be able to touch somebody else, that God might use you in a much greater way than he would ever use me. Because I'll be honest, I'm not worthy of use. I know that. Paul knew it. Hey, Paul, the author of most of the Bible, begins his, his, uh, begins his ministry saying, I'm the least of all the apostles. But at the end of his ministry, you know what he said? I'm the greatest of all sinners. He understood the closer he drew to Christ, the more he understood that, that it wasn't because of his worth, it wasn't because of his intelligence, it wasn't because of his righteousness, it was all because of Jesus Christ. That's how God uses us. When we humble ourselves and bow ourselves before him and we submit to his authority in our life. So there was a liberating conversion. They loosed the donkey. If they never loosed the donkey, it would, all, it would still be there. Well, it wouldn't still be there today. But it would never have been used for what God had wanted it to be used. Not only did they loose it, but they had a, re a releasing authority. They had a releasing authority. Uh, uh, Jesus said, listen, if somebody t tells you, hey, listen, uh, uh, what, what are you doing here? And it actually it's recorded in, in the book of Mark and in the book of Luke that they were approached and said, hey, what are you doing? And the, the response was, the response that Jesus gave to them was, the Lord hath need of them. The king has need of them. The releasing authority was the Lord, and uh, they retreat. They they returned them uh, to to the to, to the Father and I, or to to Christ and uh, to be used as as Christ had had planned and as Christ desired. They also not only did they have was their conversion elusive, but they had a legitimate cause. That cause was for the use for the work of Christ. The cause of loosing that was for the Lord. He said, the Lord has need of him. Can I tell you something? The Lord has need of you. I'm better than a donkey. We're just tools. We're just servants. Understand what we're talking about. We're talking about God Almighty. He, he created us. And he created each one of us for a purpose. It doesn't matter where you come from or how much you make. It doesn't. None of those things matter. You are made in the image of God for the purpose of God. Jesus told the prophet, I believe it was Isaiah, that he, that he Isaiah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, that he was formed in the belly of his mother, and he was called at that point to be a prophet. Understand, God already has plans for your life. The question is whether or not we submit ourselves to the plans of God under his authority. There was a legitimate cause and anticipated dissenters. Notice the link connection here. Why was all this done? Verse 4. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. Why was it so important that Jesus rode on this, this ass, the foal of an ass? Because it fulfilled prophecy. Do you 
you know, Jesus, uh, Satan wanted Jesus to die, but he did not want him to die this week. Why? Because it was prophesied that he would die this, this week. He did not want the, uh, these things to fall into place. Why? Because if, if he didn't fulfill prophecies, then he wasn't the Messiah. It would cause it would cast doubt on, on, on the prophecies that were made. It would, it would bring doubt upon uh, who he was. And listen, he was Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the one who, who was sent by God to bring salvation to the world. So yes, there was a reason Jesus said, bring me that colt. Not because he felt he needed and deserved to be riding that colt. Although he deserved to be riding a white horse and a chariot. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. And he deserved to be lifted up and exalted. But he, he wasn't seeking that. The Bible says he humbled himself under the death of the cross. But this was all done to fulfill prophecy. The foretold promise is found in Zechariah 9.9. If you don't mind, turn there just for a moment. Verse 9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Listen, I'm certainly grateful that God has given us promises. The things about Christ were prophesied. And I'm even more grateful that they were fulfilled. Because if God kept these prophecies and these promises, can I tell you, there are some other promises that, 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 he's, that he has promised that he will keep. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a promise. We sing, we sing the song, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Do you know how we know? Because his word tells us. What a glorious thing that we can trust in the word of God that we don't ever have to question because we can look in the Old Testament and say, but it said this about the Messiah, but we don't see that fulfilled in the life of Christ. There are 44, we don't have time to read them all, 44 passages, 44 prophecies, but where we can see where they were, it was prophesied and we can see where it was fulfilled. I thank God for that. Because I can trust the word of God. It's true. Hebrews tells us that God cannot lie. We saw the foretold promise, and we saw it here fulfilled. Next, let's, as we look at the next verse, we see the lifted Christ. The disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. Notice that they, they set not just anybody, but an exclusive person. They put only Christ up. It was only Jesus. They didn't ride the ass back and say, here you go, Lord. They led it back with the rope. And yet it says in Mark and Luke that it had never been ridden before. It, was, it had never been broken. And if they tried to get onto it, guess what would have happened? They would have ended up on their keisters. They, they would have been trying to dust the, the dirt off their backside. And because it wasn't for them, but it was for Christ. Why? Because he deserves to be lifted up and exalted above all else. 
Bible says in the book of Philippians that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he has a name higher than any other name, that it's only by his name that man must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He deserves to be lifted up. And listen, just like they lifted him up and they placed him on that coat, we need to lift up and bear our Savior before us everywhere we go. They shouldn't look at you and say, oh, you're such a good person. Point to Christ. No, I'm not a good person, but can I tell you about the one who was? Too many times we let our, our heads balloon and our, 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 our egos be inflated because of, of how good we are. Listen, the, 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 the older I get, and the, I'm turning 43 tomorrow, the older I get, the more I learn, the more I learn, the more I understand that I am nothing without Christ. Any ability that I have, any, any gift that I have, any, anything that I can do, anything I've ever done that is good is only because of Christ. So I, I, I need to lift him up because he deserves to be lifted up. Hi. It's an exalted position that they place him in. He, he was head and shoulders above everybody else. And what they did is it allowed other people to see Christ instead of the crowd. Do you remember, do you remember as, as Jesus was walking with the crowd in the story of, of Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus had to climb up into a tree because he couldn't see Jesus because he was too short. And, and there was a crowd gathered around him. So Zacchaeus climbed up in a tree so that he could witness and see Jesus passing. And as he was looking for Jesus, Jesus looked to him. But when we lift up Christ... Others see him. They don't have to work so hard to, to, to listen. Hey, if we're lifting up Christ, they know who to go to to find more about him. The lifted Christ is an exclusive person. It's an exalted position, and it's and notice this effective power. Just like I said, that that cold had never been ridden again. When Jesus sat on it, that cold did not buck. It did not try to get away. They did not have to hold it still. Remember, Jesus stood and said to the winds and the waves, cease and be still. All nature was underneath his authority. This, this little cult understood who he was. It didn't, in its human mind, in its animal mind, it was submitted to the authority of his deity. And as he climbed upon it, it didn't, wriggle away, it didn't buck up, didn't push against him, didn't resist. It humbly submitted to his authority and he wrote it. Can I tell you if, if you humbly submit to the Lord God will use you to exalt himself in, in, in the eyes of all that see him. Matthew chapter 5, you don't need to turn there, but it says that you're the light of the world. It says if, if, you, if a city is on a hill, it cannot be hidden because of the light that's in it. Going on further in that passage, it says that the world is to see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. When they see our good works, they're not to see us, they're to see Christ. We saw the listed Christ. Notice next the the laudatory cry. Verse 8, And a very great multitude, 
spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees, and they strawed them in the way. We'll talk about all that this afternoon, so come back. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna means this. Save now. Save me now. Remember the, the passage that we read in Psalms chapter 118, verse 25? What does it say? Save now. It's referencing this verse right here. It was also goes on to say in verse 26, and then here in, in the rest of this verse, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the cry that's, that's being chanted by, by all those uh, multitudes of people. Uh, I want you to understand that, that think about it, just envision in your mind the picture uh, and people are walking ahead of them and as they go ahead of them they're taking off their coats and they're they're overclothes and they're, they're lining the streets with them. No, it's not the red carpet treatment. It's the, uh, They don't have a red carpet. Uh, these are just peasant people. Uh, th these weren't the, uh, the, the wealthy and the rich. The, the, these weren't the soldiers. These were just the, those that had nothing but they took what they had and they gave it to them and they, they strewed it out in front of them so that he didn't have to walk upon the dirt or ride upon the dirt and and hey, they, 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 they went and says they each cut down their own branches. And we, we call them palm branches because at the time that was all that was growing. And, and so, so it's referred to as palm branches in other passages. They cut these branches off the trees and they would wave them and they shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. They refer to him as the son of David. Why is that important? What was the promise? Out of the branch of David would come forth the coming king. They were acknowledging by saying, save me, save me now, uh, uh, son of David. Uh, you are the, 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 the Messiah. You are the king was the acknowledgement. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. You are the one sent to us from the Father above. You are the king. There's a laudatory cry. They chanted Hosanna over and over and again. It wasn't just a... we. We have a problem with this here in our country, and not necessarily just in our in our country. It's just not normal for us at church to to, to, to really get excited and to praise God. But that's not the way it's going to be in heaven. Let me just be honest with you, folks. If you feel uncomfortable when somebody raises their hands, I'm sorry, but the Bible says they raise their hands. In fact, the Bible commands us to lift up holy hands. They say, well, I don't get, I, I don't feel comfortable around shouting. And I'm not, listen, I'm not comfortable around foolery and people doing things to say, look at me, look at me. But God deserves our praise. In fact, Jesus said, if the people don't cry out, the rocks will. So let me tell you something. Christ deserved to be praised. They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. So much so as the, the children heard it. What does it say at the end of the passage that I read there? Verse 15. And when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were displeased. You want your children 
to cry Hosanna. You want your children to praise God. They need to see and hear you do it first. Otherwise, they grow up in a church where they don't feel comfortable praising God. I'm not saying praise me for my, for my preaching. I don't care if you say amen when I'm preaching. It all has to do with praising God and singing glory unto God. As we, as we read this morning in Psalms, in Psalms 118, His mercy endureth forever. Listen, I want you to understand, God deserves our praise. An adoring chant of Hosanna, son of David. Blessed be the name that brought about an acknowledging conviction. The people within the city, or the walls of the city, no, this is the, the week of Passover. So they're, they're, it's not just the normal people that live in Jerusalem. They, they estimate up to two to three million people had come in and traveled in to the, to the city for this week. It was, it, there was, there were, literally millions of people in that city and not all of them knew who Jesus was but many of them did and they're hearing this Hosanna, Hosanna and some are going out to meet you with the crowd and remember it's saying that they're shouting and they're laying down these things they're throwing down the crowd. it's a mile long it's just a, a, a beautiful expression of, of people's love and adoration of Jesus now they may have been looking for the wrong king or they may have been looking for their own version of a king but they were still praising him as king. And that brought about a question. Who is this guy that they're talking about? So it says, verse 10, And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? I was listening to a, a sermon by Warren Wearsby this morning, and it's specifically uh, based off of this, this one verse. And that word moved there is the, uh, the Hebrew is the same word that we get seismology from. Uh, it's talking about the shaking and the quaking. Uh, uh, there, was so, it was, there, there was so many people. Who is this? What's going on? Listen, they didn't have Twitter. There, there was no Facebook account for them to look up. They were, they were asking one another, who is this? Do you know who this man is? And the answer is yes, it's Jesus. The prophet out of Galilee, the one who's been healing. Did you hear about that man who was dead last week? He was dead for four days, buried. I was there at the funeral, and I watched him get up and walk out. That'll get some people interested. But with that, along with that acknowledging conviction, it brought about an aggravated, aggravated cry. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus rebukes, or the Pharisees rebuke Jesus. They tell him, they tell him, hey, tell your disciples to be quiet. They shouldn't be, they shouldn't be saying these things about you. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be saying that you're the son of David. Listen, they were upset about this. Why? Because they liked the way things were. They liked, they, they, had, they had it in good with the Romans. And the Romans let them do what they felt like they needed to do. It was, it was this mutual agreement. As long as they let the Romans, Romans rule politically, they got to rule the religious class. And they were good, they were good with that. They liked that power. But here was Jesus preaching that the kingdom was at hand. And he's speaking of the spiritual kingdom. They think he's speaking of a, of, of a, of a physical kingdom and that he's going to cause problems with the Romans. That's why they wanted him dead. So there in Luke chapter 19, he says, tell them to be quiet. That's what Jesus says. If they're, if they're quiet, then the rocks will cry out. 
man, I shared that with Elijah yesterday. He goes, that would have been something to see. And it most certainly would have. But you know what I'd rather see? The Bible says the heavens declare the glories of God, the firm and show with his handiwork. Hey, 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 I, I, I love to go to the ocean. Um, uh, we take my kids to the ocean as much as we can. Uh, one of our favorite places to go up to, uh, up to Acadia, and we go to Thunder Hole, and I've never heard it really loud. I've heard that it can feel like explosive, and that water comes in, and I don't know about you, if, if anybody's ever really seen it. Has anybody seen it where it's been really explosive? I've heard it's impressive. The waves crashing. Listen, and that's all impressive, and I, I I praise the Lord for that. I don't know if the ground would have would have rocked. I don't know if there would have been like a little earthquake going on. I, I don't know. You know what I'd rather see? More than an earthquake, more than more than the, the, the thunder rolling in praise of God because we would because we keep our mouths shut. You know what I'd rather see? God's people praising God. Because the nature will do it will do it anyways. But we'll only do it if our hearts are right with the Lord as we're seeking to praise Him. The lone conclusion here. Look at verse 9. When the multitudes that went before Him and followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David, blessed is He that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when He was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth. The, Na the prophet of Nazareth. There was an established persuasion. Everyone knew who he was. Mark and Lucas, as many believed in him at that point in time. Why? Because people were praising him. Because he was fulfilling the prophecy. And it enacted a plan. The Pharisees got together and said, we can't let this go on. You see that there in verse... When they were sort of pleased in the other passage, it says that they, they gathered together and they talked about what they could do to stop him. What did it do? It, 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 enacted, it, it started things rolling. What? The death of Christ. Remember, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He, he didn't come to, to, to have an earthly kingdom. He didn't come to reign from Jerusalem uh, on, that, on, that, on that throne just for the people of Israel. He came to die for the sins of the whole world so that all the world could come unto him. He came to do it in the Father's time to fulfill the Father's purpose. And while the, the, the Pharisees had their own agenda, while Satan had his own agenda, God had his. And this triumphal entry, this change in ministry, this, this, uh, this final acknowledgement that he was the king of kings, this was what allowed all of this to begin to take place so that at the end of the week, on Friday, he could be crucified and on Sunday, he could rise again. It was all for that purpose. And in that, it exposed the people. See, there are many people that were there saying, Hosanna, son of David, blessed be the name, that later on in the week were saying, Crucify.
crucify him. There were Pharisees there that were saying, we long for the coming of the kingdom of God. But when Jesus said the kingdom is nigh at hand, they said, we don't want him here. Well, what can we do to kill him? And expose the reality. And the truth is, there are many people in churches uh, across the nation today that are, that are singing Hosanna. They're waving their palm branches. We don't have those here. Nothing against them. We just don't have any. Uh, uh, but they're doing all those things. But in their hearts, God can see the truth. One, and there are some that have never by faith trusted in Jesus Christ. They don't, don't, they don't truly know him as, as he is. Uh, they, they may have heard about him. They may acknowledge him. I don't know. Again, like I said, I, I don't know how many church services I went to before I placed my faith in Jesus Christ. May the, may the Holy Spirit look into our hearts today and reveal to us who we are. Who do you say, see Jesus as? Is he some teacher? Is he some prophet? Is he some Bible character that, that you've heard about? Or is he the Lord and Savior of your life? If you've never trusted in Jesus as your personal Savior, can I tell you that he desires to know you. His word, he says in the book of Matthew, Come unto me, all your labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. What he's saying is, listen, stop working on your own. Stop trying to do it yourself. You can't earn your way into heaven. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and there is none righteous, no, not one. We cannot attain heaven by our own righteousness. It is not about how nice we are. It is not about how good we are. We are unrighteous. And God is holy. He is the, the standard which we are to meet, and we can't meet it except for through Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. It doesn't matter if you pray to Allah or Buddha or any other, other, other God. It doesn't matter if you go to some other church or even to this church. If you're not trusting in Jesus Christ, you're not on your way to heaven. The Bible says in 1 John that if you have not the Son, you have not the Father. If you have the Son, you have life. And I said, do you have life today? Who do you say that he is today? Would you be standing there questioning everybody, who is this one they're, 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 they're with? Or are you the one lifting him up and placing him on the, uh, on the donkey? Are you taking off your jacket and, and exalting Christ as he passes by? Who are you in this scenario? May God help us to know. I, I can tell you this, God desires our praise, but he desires true praise. He doesn't want a false praise. He doesn't want us to pretend. But that doesn't mean we can't praise him. What that means is you get right with God and then praise him. He said, I would have all men come unto me. God doesn't want your sacrifices. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need any of those things. You know what he wants? The Bible says he wants a, a broken and a contrite heart. He says, you draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. You know why he does that? Because he loves us. All that Jesus did, he did out of love. He did it out of love. The Bible says, here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the, the propitiation, the payment for our sin. Have you trusted in Christ today? If you're saved, do you praise him? 
this afternoon we're, we're going to be talking about Hosanna to the King. Our, our King deserves praise. We're going to look more into what they did, what they represented, and why they did it, and then why we should do it. But if you never place your faith in them, you can't praise them. Not with the praise he deserves. May God help us. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I thank you for your son who died at the cross for my sins. Lord, that it's not just a story. Lord, that it's not just a figment of our imaginations, Father, but it is in truth the word of God. The truth of the gospel. And Lord, the power to save us is found in the gospel. Lord, you know our hearts. You know what we need. Father, may your spirit minister to each one of us. If there's one that needs to be saved, draw them to you, Father. Help them to see that. Lord, that maybe some of us just need to be strengthened or encouraged or, or convicted of our sin. Lord, you know our hearts, I don't. God, I pray that you would have your way with each and every one of us. And God, may you be glorified. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.